Welcome to Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you by Cisco. On this podcast, we take complex tech topics and break them down for the non-tech listener with your hosts, Gabby, Ian, and Kyle. It is another edition of Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you by our good friends at Cisco. Kyle, we're down a man, little skeleton crew. But we got a new replacement, so uh, a little bit of a change on the show. New host, new topic today, as always, obviously. But new host, our producer, Gabby Giles, will be joining us. Welcome, Gabby. Glad to be here. I hope you, like I, Gabby, are sipping on. Um, I got a little palm, pomegranate juice here, making me smart today as we try and conquer the agent model. This will be... Uh, a little bit of a derivative for us here in that it's not necessarily a, a tech topic, but it's a tech route to market that is getting a lot of buzz right now. So let's go merrily on our way here, Kyle. Why don't you get us started? You told me I can't ask when this began because it doesn't have a timeline, apparently. So you start wherever you want to start. We'll go right. <laughs> yeah, we're... Uh... We're breaking format already. We have a new host. We have a new opening question. Yeah, like you said, this is the agency model is a different route to market for companies, especially companies that are focused in cloud or X as a service business models. It's not necessarily breaking down technology as much as it is breaking down the business models that take technology to market. So I don't know where to start necessarily either, other than uh, I'm hoping that many of our listeners are familiar with normal distribution. If you're outside the industry and you think the word distribution and you think, wow, there's a giant Walmart or FedEx or fill in the blank distribution facility near me. That's right. That's the right way to think of things, except that's all physical product. And in the agency model, we're really talking about services delivered through the cloud and how businesses sell, quotey fingers in the air, sell those services. So I'm looking forward to educating you, Ian, on where this is headed, especially considering the investments that ScanSource has made in going to market through the agency model. We're not the first. We won't be the last. Yeah, so there obviously ScanSource made an investment a few years ago, acquired a company called Intellisys. Of note here is that Intellisys recently reached an agreement, I guess if you would call it that, with Cisco to transact WebEx through the agency model, which was kind of a groundbreaking piece of news here as we do a new segment here. We do a little news in the podcast. <laughs> so I, I told you before the show, Kyle, I know nothing about this other than the term mailbox money. And I know that people make this seem to be such a new age millennial way of doing business. And it's just how you pay off your phone, which I just got a new phone. So I should know this better than anyone. So tell me what the agent model is and why I'm not getting rich off of it today, because it sounds like we should all be agents. Yeah, I, I think the trap here for us, the three of us, is the trap is to compare it apples to apples to the normal technology uh, distribution channel, which is easy to do, but to widen the audience a little bit, an agent, someone transacting within the agency model, 
is one that provides technology solutions to their partner, like I said earlier, usually that are delivered through the cloud, but don't necessarily make all of the traditional investments uh, in things like providing support, doing billing, carrying that AR, all of kind of the hands-on work that is usually required in deploying technology. Agents are focused largely on maintaining customer relationships and then finding the right supplier partners to provide technology to their customers. So let's let's make it real. If there's a, a small clinic or a, a new office building that starts up and they need internet connectivity. So they usually, if it's very, very small and they don't have an IT organization, they're usually just either looking up through internet searches, how do I get internet access? They're looking up for whoever provides cable modem service and whatnot in their area. And if they're lucky, they have some technology advisor who is helping them decide which cable provider or internet provider to choose. So that's a real world example of a small business, small to medium sized business, breaking ground, like you said earlier, and starting starting up, and they need some form of technology. Now, in today's market, hey, we're recording July 1st, 2021. Today's market, most technologies provided either directly through the cloud or at least through a subscription service. Ian just held up his phone. It's a physical phone, but he pays every month for that. That's a subscription service for a physical device. So the agent in for what we're talking about today, the agent sits between the customer that consumes the technology and the supplier who supplies the technology. The agent is the one managing the relationships between the two, making recommendations to the end customer on which provider they should go with. Uh, Ian, whatever phone you have there, I think you look like an iPhone. It is the new one, 12. Yep, nice new iPhone. You had a choice on who your provider was to provide your voice and data package for that phone. You probably chose based off the shop that you walked into, but imagine being a business making that decision. You need a recommendation on which of the large providers to go with. An agent plays that role. So the agent will take your needs and essentially help shop them for you. Go to different suppliers, check pricing, check availability, check packages, check features, those types of things. And then come back to you with a recommendation and say, your new small business for internet connectivity, I would recommend this company. And here's the important part. Now go talk to them directly. So it's a warm handoff of customer to supplier. And the end customer then establishes a relationship with T-Mobile or AT&T or Verizon. They establish that direct relationship directly, but the agent is the one that recommended it. The supplier, the T-Mobile, the Verizon, the AT&T, then establishes a direct relationship with the customer, starts billing the customer directly, starts supporting the customer directly. The agent's not involved in any of that stuff. But because the agent established the relationship, they get a part of the commission. So the provider, the supplier, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, pays the agent a little bit of the commission to because they introduce the relationship. So that's the difference between the traditional 
again, catering to our our uh, internal audiences. That's the difference between the uh, the traditional value added distribution model and the agency model is that in the traditional value add distribution model, the people in the middle are typically providing value in in the form of carrying the or handling billing, carrying AR, providing support, whereas the agents are providing value in the form of relationships and managing commissions to some extent. So anyway, that's the uh, the rough beginning, Ian and Gabby, of what those agents are. One, they're kind of middlemen. Two, which is fine. So is distribution. But two, they're kind of like glorified headhunters. Sort of. That's the, that's the part of the trap in describing this model that usually gets edited out. It's like calling <laughs> them relationship managers or whatever. The point is the agents, the model of an agency is intentionally different than the model of something like a reseller or an MSP or a service provider. The model of an agent is intentionally that they own customer relationships. Usually they're specialized in a very specific area, area either being geographic or, or industry area. But yeah, they do main, that's their value is they maintain the relationships with the customer and they can bring, they're really, really, really good at sales. So they are a, a leads generation engine and they can bring new customers to suppliers. Again, suppliers meaning the person that's providing the service in the example earlier, the AT&T T-Mobile type service, but there's thousands of those types of uh, cloud service providers out there. That's the, the role that agent is providing is, is uh, matchmaking. I feel like I'm thinking of them as a consultant in my brain right now. Is that accurate? Yep, that's right. And we haven't yet, maybe this is a good time to do so. But just like in the traditional two-tier distribution model that we're familiar with, there's also a two-tier agent model where ScanSource and Telesis, as we were talking about earlier, we act as a master agent. And the sub-agents underneath us get a bunch of value, which we'll talk about in a minute. But yeah, Gabby, they are providing that type of consultative, trusted advisor sort of model where that's the value they're bringing is, I understand your business needs customer, and I recommend this supplier to solve those needs. Now, the master agent, the scan sources of the world, can also be that leg or that arm or that value to both the sub-agent and the customer where we can provide the engineering, uh, the consultative help. But yeah, that's it. But again, that's part of the maintaining the relationship is that they are the go-to technology solutions provider of their end customers. And the consultative element of that is not trivial. Is this the future? Like, is are we going to see a shift in partners moving to be agents or adding, can they add an agent model to their existing practice today? Like, it seems like this is a, a good way to profit as a business. Yeah, there's there's lots of pros. I was afraid you were going to throw me a softball like this, and then I was going to talk for 15 minutes straight on uh, pros and cons, but... <laughs> Well, that's good. Get out, get out your yellow eagle pads, listeners. Yeah, that's right. pros and cons. <laughs> is it the future? 
Yes, in the sense that most technology solutions these days are provided through some form of subscription service. Pay as you go, pay pay monthly. Loyalty is eroding. Sorry, marketeers out there. I'm offended. As consumers, we all know you have one bad experience. You cancel your service. You switch. Like That's the culture these days. But when you're talking about business to business and businesses subscribing to cloud-based or as-a-service technology solutions, usually there's some form of contract involved and you got to commit to a year or multiple years worth of service being provided. So because that's the way technology is starting to be delivered, yeah, agency models are going to become more and more popular and more and more common. Is the traditional value-added reseller dead? No, and it won't be. It should never be, as far as I'm concerned. But we always advocate when we talk to the traditional resellers and MSPs of the world that you have to start adopting this subscription model to your revenues. We all know the traditional reseller, I'll keep calling things resellers just because it means something to certain people, but traditional resale sales organizations are paid on commissions on the deal they just closed. And so it's very a quick fix. And then uh, July 1st rolls around like it did today. And you're going, well, what have you done for me lately? You start at zero, you start building back up your funnel and your pipeline, and you start closing deals again, and you're paid on those, those deals. So it's very difficult to take literally a human being that's, that's used to getting paid on an individual deal and tell them they're going to start getting mailbox money, as Ian said in the opener. An agency model or anybody that's got monthly recurring revenue, it's important for them to pay their sales team and share those commissions. So the portion of the commissions they get from those suppliers should funnel down to the sales organizations. And as a result, it's a different mindset in how you sell. Current resellers are having to start to adopt. That's the best, to me, that's the best route to market. So you already have a base, you have a base of customers. Let's add on monthly recurring revenue on top of it, pay your sales team on that. Starting an agent model from zero requires some capital that you know it's going to take a year or two years to recoup as you start to build your base. That's fine. People are not risk adverse, especially these days. So Ian, I don't know how long I just said when I started talking after I said I had a 15-minute pros and cons answer, but uh, short version is it is definitely the future. Again, the key being more and more solutions are being provided as monthly subscriptions. I got more pros than cons, so we're good. Yeah. I'll just tell you, the biggest con that I really see is that resellers uh, that aren't agents have more of their brand established with their customers. So their customers know they can contact that partner or that cust- that uh, reseller for support or whatever. And in the agency model, the brand is not necessarily as important. The manufacturer, the supplier, the whoever's providing the service, their brand is important, but not necessarily the one that's making the recommendation. So as long as you're comfortable with that, there's lots more pros. Don't have to carry any AR. There's no bad debt. There's no inventory. There's all those things, right? So it's a great model. Do agents typically have a much smaller workforce than like, say, a traditional distributor would, like just because of that? Yep. In the sub-agent world where 
they're transacting. Uh, there's a ma- if there's a master agent involved, and the master agent is the one that does all the contract negotiation with the suppliers, and they aggregate all the commissions, and they handle the contract relationships with the suppliers, so the sub agent doesn't. Then yes, the sub agent, if you want to shorten it to agent, should have a much smaller workforce because they're not providing support. The support's provided by the supplier. They don't have to go chase debt. So they have a much smaller finance team. So they've really become sales focused and where they want to, they can be in, have engineers attached to them or hire engineers to become part of the, the agency. But yes, it, it overall, SGNA is much lower, not carrying any AR and you don't have a whole lot of headcount involved. It could be a much smaller workforce. Good question. I don't know that I have anything else, Kyle. You did a great job explaining this. Yeah, I feel like I understand it way more than I ever did before. Yeah, this is a lot better than some of the visual diagrams I've seen with <laughs> hundreds of arrows that just confuse me. So. There's more we could get into on a later podcast. Just I'm just just self preservation. If I if I keep teasing later podcasts, that means you guys keep me around. Yeah, we got to keep you around. Exactly. That's right. Job security, right there. That's right. But there's a, there's a lot more we can get into into what the what a master agent provides versus a, a sub agent. But I think this is a good a good introduction into the business model itself, the sharing of commissions, the sales relationships, et cetera. Yeah, it's, this is uh, the 101. We're talking black and white right now, and the rest of that is very gray. I'm looking forward to Gabby sending me an invitation to agency model 2.0 or or the 201 class, whatever we call the, the next iteration. Yeah. Part two. <laughs> Part two. Keep it simple. That's the, the brand of our show. Keep it simple. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kyle. Yes, thank you. Yep, my pleasure. Today's interview is brought to you by Cisco Meraki. Cisco Meraki is an industry leader in cloud-managed IT and creates the simplest, most powerful solutions, helping everyone from global enterprises to small businesses. With solutions for retail, healthcare, education, manufacturing, and hospitality, there is a solution for your business.